Hi everybody, welcome back to Joni Stahl's Field Notes, also known as the Little Green Pasture. So welcome, and I want to welcome you if you are new to the Little Green Pasture, and if you're just stopping by, I welcome you to pull up a little plot of grassy knoll and let the chief shepherd and bishop of your soul, let his living waters flow into your thirsty cups. And I want to welcome everybody that are new subscribers uh, to this channel and new Patreon subscribers. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your love. Um, I'm. You guys have so brought so much into my life. I know so many of you go, Joni, thank you for everything you do. It's like, no, thank you for everything you do for me. You guys have really made such an in my life. Many of you I've come to know. So anyways, thank you so much for all your faithfulness, your friendship and all of that. So um, before I get started, I'm going to pray. And I have just a little word of encouragement for you today. Everybody needs to be encouraged. This is a Monday. And who knows when you're watching this, it could be any day of the week. So take this as an encouragement for you for any day of the week. So let's bow our knees uh, to our Father in heaven and unto the Lord Jesus Christ and pray. Seek him right now and invite him in because it's him that you want to hear from and not me, really. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you today and I just want to thank you so much for another brand new day that the sun has risen in a day that I have not even lived in yet. It's very early this morning, but I want it to be fresh, like fresh, hot bread. Lord, I give myself to you for the service of your kingdom of God, that you would bless me only that I may be a blessing unto others, a vessel meet for the master's use. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, for your presence, Lord, to be with every single person that will hear this message, that you will guide me. Lord Jesus, as I follow you through your scriptural pastures and your grassy fields of scripture. For you are the great and chief shepherd and bishop of my own soul. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And it is you, Holy Spirit, I completely lean on and put before me. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, you know, today I didn't have a plan to do a video. But, you know, if the Holy Spirit is going to move, what are my plans anyways? You know, I think of that scripture that says in Jeremiah 49, uh, 20, um, you know, uh, 29, 14, for I know the plans that I think towards you, saith the Lord. And so I like to say, well, since he knows the plan, it says a man will make his plans, but in the end, it's the Lord who directs the steps. And that's the kind of believer you want to be. You know, you can you can make your plans, but keep open to the Holy Spirit. And as I keep myself open to the Holy Spirit today, I was just going to do, because uh, just to let you know, Fred Tomlinson is going to be on tomorrow. So I was gonna, not going to do anything today and do something following him. So just to let you know, Fred Tomlinson will be with us tomorrow. I'm looking forward to his studies which I love to partake. So 
back to what I was saying. So today I was in the word and I was in devotions in uh, Mark chapter 14. And it was when Jesus was in the garden and, and, you know, he fell on the ground and he was praying that if it was possible that the hour might pass from him and he said, all things are possible to you, oh God. You know, he says, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But the, 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 the one verse that I felt the Holy Spirit just stop me on was verse 38. But in verse 37, let me start there. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, Sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. You know, I don't know about you, but a lot of people read that differently. You know, some people read that like the Lord was disappointed. He was in a moment of just feeling totally human, and he was. Um you know, because it says that when he entered into the garden, um, it said that he began to be sore, amazed and very heavy. And in the extended translation, it says he became alarmed. So it says they they were sore, amazed and they were alarmed and they were heavy. And it says they were. But Jesus says that his soul was exceeding sorrowful unto death. And so he said, just wait over there while I pray. You know, I want to say something. You know, there is a time when you pray, when you 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 are in such a, a fix, you are in heaviness, you are in great trial, that you you it's not though you're gonna go through something, the prayers of other people, it's too sacred what you're gonna go through. It's what you are gonna go through, it's what you have to walk through and though they're your best friends and they've been with you for years and they know you and you know them and you have trust in them and they trust you. You're like, just go over there while I pray. I mean, you got to pray alone. And Jesus was entering into this time where, you know, it was his time to pray. It was his prayer. It was his time. And he was a praying, obviously a praying man. He taught everybody to pray, he taught the whole world to pray. But he had to go in alone. He had to pray alone. And I'm, maybe you've been there yourself. And I have been there myself where I didn't even want to reach out to other people and say, will you pray for me? Because they could not enter into what I was entering into. It was a darkness. It was like a darkness, a mist of darkness, like what Abraham, uh, what came upon him when the calves, the, he, the calf was split into and a torch went between them and a mist of darkness came upon him. And there is a time of a mist of darkness. And I think that came upon Christ and his suffering was beyond anything that we can understand, imagine, and nobody will ever know, but him alone, just like no one will ever know exactly how you felt during your worst, darkest trials and hours. No one can enter into that. It's sacred. But it's interesting because he, knowing that his disciples were not going to be with them from that point on anymore because 
prophecy says, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. And so he knew that they were going to leave him, right? Even though beforehand Peter was saying, uh, though all should be offended, uh, you know, I'll never leave you. You know, he said that, you know, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, when Peter said, well, if I'll betray you, I won't. He said, well, yeah, you are basically. And actually, all of you were going to leave me before. You know, all of you were going to leave me. He said, all of you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the sheep, the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that, I am risen. I will go before you into Galilee. So, you know, there's things you got to walk through alone. And even though there, you'll be surrounded with people that love you and they will pray for you, there is a mist of darkness that you will go into, but he will go before you into Galilee, so to speak. And he's basically saying you'll come out of it. Um, but when he says to them, he says, watch ye and pray for the, that you enter not into temptation. You know, they were in a point where, they were unsaved men. Yes, they part, partook of the power that was given unto them against evil spirits and to heal people and, you know, many other things. But they were not born again. So they were not able to see anything. Um, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. So when Jesus was saying, watch you and pray, watch you and pray, lest you enter into temptation, the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. In other words, I think that was more of a of a word that would carry through to forever. Could that these this is an eternal word. The word of the Lord endureth forever. It stands forever. And so he knew what they were they were asleep for sorrow. Have you ever been so depressed? I have like when I have been so devastated that I curled up in a fetal position and I couldn't even pray. I just slept. And that's what happens when you're depressed or when you're overcome with sorrow is that you curl up and you sleep. And it's not a sign of faithlessness. Uh, we are human. And sometimes that mist of darkness becomes too great for us. Um, but I want to talk about the part where it says the spirit truly is ready. And I saw that in a new light today because I thought to myself, I started to really think about it in terms of this. We're looking at it. I think we always look at it in one term where he's saying, yeah, you know, you know, we're <laughs> there's a temptation that's coming. Heaviness is coming. Horrible things are about to happen. And you need to watch and pray. But they were not regenerated. They were not born again. They were just men who spent three years with the son of God manifested in the flesh, the mystery being revealed. And they walked with him and they talked with him and they camped out together and they ate with each other and, and they shared life with each other. But at this point, this was their parting way. They were to part now. Yes, of course, John, the revelator, you know, he showed up, you know, at the end and uh, at the at the cross. But that's not what I mean. And let me stick to what I mean. I want to talk about something that takes it beyond or let's dive in and undig. Let's dig a little bit or a little better. 
it's still morning <laughs> when he says watch and pray well you know when he says watch and pray we see that you know in proverbs 3 proverbs 8 30 i think it's 36 it says blessed uh blessed is the man that watcheth daily at my gates that waiteth daily at my doors uh, the posts of my doors right so there is a watching and a waiting and so we hear all these kind of action words like watching, waiting, pray, um, be ready. You know, there's all these things. And I want to talk about that because I want to move into what it means to be ready. And I want to take some heavy burdens off of your back. And I feel really prompted by the Holy Spirit to talk to you about this because we are at the end of time. And, you know, yesterday I had spent a little bit of time looking at some uh, videos about things that are coming upon us um, that may be forced upon us um, that none of us want to do. And I know you know what I mean, and I want to keep my YouTube channel, so I'm not going to use any buzzwords. I'm going to just trust that you know what I mean. And, you know, there's this alarm among the Christian community, you know, that, well, you know, uh, what are we going to do if we're met with that? Well, there's a lot of things that we've been met with in our life, hasn't there? Things that we thought we could not overcome, things that we thought, well, this is going to be forced on us, but Christ intervened for us. And if we think that Christ will not be intervening on our behalf now, then what makes we what makes us think that we can trust him then? If the history that we have had with Christ in times past and in years past, um, and we're looking into a future, um, it's because we're fearful and we have sorrow because we're seeing the things that are coming upon this earth and they're happening. But I want to say that the spirit is truly ready um, and the flesh is weak. And I want to say something else about that because in Matthew 26, 41, Matthew puts it a different way. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing. He uses the word willing, but the flesh is weak. So we're looking at the fact that when he's, you know, both of them heard the same thing, but they used a couple of different words, ready and willing. And they both concluded that the flesh is weak. And we know what we are as, our, as being human, right? And I think what has happened in the religious grind and the religious wheel and the religious pumping and the religious beating of the drum is that we have taken on so much that God has not expected us to take on in terms of being ready. And I want to talk about what that means, because basically the Lord was getting them ready. Watch and pray, right? Be ready. Really, that's what he's saying. We know other places where it says, be ready, watch and pray. And, you know, he says, be ready for ye know not what hour the son of man cometh. And so we I think we tend as end of days Christians to get caught up. And I call it toe stubbing um, in this uh, alarm of like, I got to be ready. I got to be ready. I got to make sure I'm ready. I got to be right with the Lord. I got to start doing this. It's like if you've already been in the Lord and walking in the Lord and and just you're you're being active in the Lord. Um, then what really being ready, what does ready mean? And I want to visit what being ready means in context 
with the spirit being truly ready and the spirit being truly indeed willing. So in John 6, 63, Jesus says, uh, when everybody was offended at him because he was saying he that if, if, who doesn't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood has no part in me. And they were offended. And he says, what does my word offend you? It's the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what consequently we have done largely as a people of the Lord is that with sincere hearts, we want to be ready, right? We want to, we want to know that when Christ comes at a moment's notice with that, without a moment, it could be like right now and can come or he can come now. Um, what does being ready mean? Does it mean in one way? Does it mean, well, all of a sudden I need to start doing this and I want to start focusing more on that. Yes, I do believe knowing the times and seasons, that we there there is a responsibility that you and I must have. God's not going to do everything for you, but I want to kind of break some fallow ground up here a little bit because you know we have to realize that our flesh is weak, and we're going to process in our mind um, what being ready looks like, and we want to be ready for the Lord, but we also want to live a life of readiness, but. And I was thinking today, I thought, yeah, but that life of readiness, really a lot of people, let me tell you something. I get so many emails from people that go, oh, I hope God finds me ready. I I don't know if I'm ready. And it's good, you know, to take inventory. Where are you with Christ? Are you living loosely? Are you compromising? Are you becoming a judge of evil thoughts? Meaning, well, you know, God knows what I'm all about. It's like, yeah, God knows what you're all about. But God is holy and to be holy is to be pure in heart and you can be pure in heart. God's not going to ask you to be holy as he is holy and to be pure as he is pure and then leave you alone to do it because it's the Holy Spirit that makes you holy. That's why we're born again and that's why we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And of course, there's action that goes along with them, with the things that we learn. And so... And we perform them, right? There's an exercising of our godliness. And it's in the common everyday life. It's not religious backhand springs and, um, you know, some Greg Luganus dive off the high <laughs> dive. You know? But it's it's the hidden man of your heart. And we, we really butt the Holy Spirit out so much. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But we've become so religious in our getting ready that we need to learn to relax into the spirit where the spirit is ready. He truly is ready. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, God, the spirit, the Lord is that spirit. And so we butt him out and we don't really realize how much we're really doing that in terms of getting ready. But I want to talk about it. He, Jesus says this, it's the spirit that quickeneth because listen, see, have, there's a thing called textualism. Textualism is where um, there is an aggressive, um, a, an aggressive grabbing on to the text of the Bible, right? Where I'm in the Word every day and I'm reading what it said, but everything else is out of control, and you're trying to control in the weakness of your flesh 
what only the Holy Spirit can and wants to do in your life. Quickeneth means he makes alive. And the weakness that we have, that things that we can overcome, it says the spirit truly indeed is willing to do it for you and to move in you and to work it out on, work it out in you. You know, it says in Psalm 86 verse five, it says, for thou Lord art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. It says he's ready, ready, ready. God is ready. God is always ready. Jesus is always ready. It's us that are not always ready. I throw myself into the pile. You know, sometimes I do find myself going, oh, my mind starts to shoot off into the future. What if this happens? What if that happens? Of course, I reel myself back in. But I think, and I read this today, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, the Spirit truly is ready. Let him work in you that which you cannot do. Let him work. Stand back. Stop holding on to things that you have no power over. You're you're weak. You know, of course, we know what it says in 2 Corinthians when Paul the Apostle, I believe, died. I believe it when he was dragged out of Derby and stoned and they thought he was dead and people stood over him and they prayed and he came back to life. Um, remember, he said, I knew a man above 14 year, years ago who was caught up into paradise, whether I know him or not. You know, he says, whether I know him or not, he was caught up into paradise into the, you know, third heaven who heard unspeakable things. I'm not allowed to. He wasn't allowed to write. It. He was speaking of himself. But he went on to talk about there being a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan by the Lord allowed him to have that. He said, lest he would be puffed up you know, being conceited because of all the revelations he was given. And he prayed three times that the Lord would remove it to him. And the Lord's response and reply to that was, my grace is sufficient for you. My, uh, my, uh, um, uh, I'm going to read that (laughs) because I want to say, oh, here it was second Corinthians. It's perfect. It's right here. Um, he says, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And he went on to say, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You know, There is, Lord help me, I'm trying to get the word out. I want to talk about 2 Corinthians and 8, verse uh, 10 through 12. You know, Paul talks about the Macedonians, about the power of them, okay? And it says, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, just verses 10 and 12. And he says, and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform, no, no, this is, sorry. Yeah, this is, a yeah, the Macedonians, I'm sorry. He says, now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. 
if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has and not according to what he doesn't have. You know, there is a kind of readiness that's already there in you is what I'm trying to say. If you are truly walking, it's not about, oh, I'm not getting this right. I'm not getting this right. And I was reading something Tozer said in a book this morning, and he said, he talked about how so many Christians feel like failures that as soon as they do one failure or, or if they're constantly failing in their own eyes, that they think God is going to set them on a shelf and say, you're unusable. And he said, well, if that was the case, I should have been a statuary by now. And so what we have done is we have gone away from Christ in a sense of our thinking because we think that um, our failures so we perceive our failures are uh, an inadequacy, a disqualification that God cannot use us. And therefore, if God cannot use us, then we cannot be used, uh, first of all, in the fact that we can trust him to make us ready. Because what you can't do in making yourself ready, um, then the Holy, that you're, you're never going to let the Holy Spirit in. You have to let him make you ready. And I want to talk about further, again, as I keep saying, I want to talk about it, is the life of readiness, not a, a readiness in one category. And that is what the church is looking at. The body of Christ is looking at it as one thing. I got to be ready. I got to be ready. I got to be ready. And it's this droning. And it has become a heaviness to so many people that they cannot live up to this getting ready. They think that there has to be something that they must do that there's something they have to show for right now to prove to Christ that they are ready or that they would feel good about themselves. But the flesh profits nothing. And if you are really born again and you are really walking in the ways of the Lord, you know, look at what it says. For instance, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures, okay? It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 2, Paul says, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has provoked very many. And he was speaking about giving money, right, for collections. But I look at it like this. If you are really ready, then you're ready for everything. And you're ready for anything. Um, yesterday, a really good friend of mine, I call her sis. I love her so much. She's an older sister in the Lord. And she was telling me the story about how um, you know, she'd grown up her whole life. She was a wonderful Christian. Her whole family were Christians or whatever. You know, I mean, she just has this wonderful testimony. I love it so much. And she was talking about a time that she had a stroke and she had to learn how to do everything again, like everything. And there was a woman named Gloria and this woman, and she talked about her being the daughter from Taiwan and she was a daughter of missionaries. And, and she, but she, and she, when she came from Taiwan, to the United States, um, she was very ill, but yet she took care of my friend sis and helped her to eat again, to walk again, to talk again. And she was patient. I mean, the most amazing things were said about this woman and she did pass away. And, uh, she had told my friend sis and she, it's written on her headstone. It says, be all things to God. And I thought about that. Be all things to God. And we get so caught up in the one thing. 
we get all bound up and we get all tight and we're trying so hard. I got to get ready. I got to get ready. And the harder you're trying to get ready, the further you're going away from the Lord. Yes, I can read all these scriptures to you about Peter, first Peter, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I can talk to you in reference of giving about Achaia being ready a year ago to give or Paul being ready to die. I'm ready to be offered. He even said to the other, you know, in Acts, he said, you know, when he was getting ready to leave them, he said, um, they were telling him, no, don't go, don't go. Cause Agabus had said he took Paul's girdle and wound up his hands and said, the girdle that belongs to this man is going to be bound when he goes to Rome. And so the people were begging him, don't go, don't go. And Paul answers, what do you mean to weep and break my heart? I'm ready. I, for I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus sake. And he goes on to say, and this is the last one, you know, when he says, for I'm, I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Well, see, a readiness isn't just one thing. It's like what that woman, Gloria, said, be all things to God. Be ready in everything you do. Have you ever known somebody where you need a favor or, you know, they, they have a reputation of they're always ready. Like if you need something, not that you're always going to them, but it's like, oh, can I help you? No, I'll be more than happy to help you. And there's something to say about a, a person that's selfless. They're, 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 there's a selflessness to them. They're, they're alive in the spirit. They're quick. The, the, the flesh, they can, you know, it says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We can look at it like this. We walk in the spirit, but we don't walk after the deeds and the lusts of the flesh. They war against the spirit and the spirit gives life. He quickens you so that you're living in that. Remember, I was talking to you guys about that resurrected life where it's not just a looking at the cross and the and the passion and the suffering and the darkness that was upon the earth and all of that but we're looking at what happened when Jesus came off of that cross and went into heaven and he appears in the presence of God for us that you see when he says the spirit that he sent he is the teacher he will teach you all things he will lead you and guide you into all truth he will take what is of Jesus's and show it to you. He will bring all things to remembrance, the things that Jesus taught you. He will glorify Christ in you. He will testify of Christ in you. He will intercede for you. He will strengthen you. He will comfort you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will see he is in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's so jam-packed when Jesus is telling his disciples that are full of sorrow and sleeping for sorrow, sleeping because they were full of grief and didn't know what to do, that they just slept. And he says to them, the spirit is truly ready. To basically what he says, this says to me, Joni, what you cannot do or whoever I'm talking to today, be at peace. 
Put your load down. And go to the Lord. Because his spirit is always willing, indeed willing, truly ready, ready to forgive. And if it says he's ready to forgive, then he's ready to pardon. He's ready to show you mercy. He's ready to answer you. He's ready. He's more ready than any of us are that are ever ready. In fact, he's always ready for us. He stands ready, waiting for us. And I we turn it around because we keep going, Lord, Lord, you know, I, I'm going to be ready for you. And Lord, and so we kind of, we, we humanize him to the fact that we, we reduce him to somebody we need to beg from and we need to prove something to. You don't have to prove anything to Jesus Christ. Either he is the one who has given you salvation or there's someone else that's going to hand it to you. And I know that it says in Acts 4, 13, 4, 12, for there is no, there is there for, there is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name given unto us whereby a man must be saved. We could not save ourselves. What makes us think we're going to save ourselves from anything to come? What makes us think that anything that we could do? Yeah, God wants us to get up. He wants us to keep the faith. He wants us to keep ourselves from idols. He wants us to keep ourselves in the love of God. I can go down the word of all the keeps that are in my mind. You have to be an active participant on that narrow road. But there's things that are that will overwhelm you. And what is coming, it may overwhelm us. It may very well overwhelm us, but if you're living a life of readiness and knowing that the spirit, the spirit is truly ready. That means right now. That doesn't mean you got to go, Holy Spirit, Lord, be ready for me. Be ready for me on that day. You know what we say? I praise the Lord that the Holy Spirit, that you are truly ready, that you are always ready for me, that you are always willing. And it is not, it is me who am not willing. I mean, think about what it says in second Corinthians chapter two, verses 11 through 13. For this is a faithful saying that if we be dead, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall also, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we have no faith, he abideth faithful for he is not able to deny himself. You see, when when you chose Jesus Christ and you gave yourself to him, he took you seriously. And that doesn't mean he put some like ink stamp at Disneyland where if you leave the park, you get to cruise back in. But there is a stamp inside of you. It's the mark of the Holy Spirit, and he is in you, and he is truly ready right now. I want to encourage you. So when you when you keep hearing, you know, all these things like, well, we got to get ready. We got to get ready. You know, what, what are you ready for? Like, what, what about what that woman said? Be all things to God. Whatever is happening in your day, be ready. I've known people who are always ready, always willing. They were like the Macedonians who were poor, but they gave themselves over to God first and they gave themselves over to his will and they came with a ready mind. 
for they didn't come with what they had. They came with what they didn't have. And there is more. Think about it. When Jesus broke the bread, you know, I understand that there was 5,000 men. There was 4,000 men. And I was reading the other day, uh, I was reading something in one of my favorite theologians. And he said the 5,000, he said there was mostly, there was more likely 25,000. And I got that wrong. I thought, oh, I think there's probably more like 10,000 people that were there, but not according to these theolo- this theologian. And I love him very much. And he said, no, there was about 25,000 that were there. When we, we come with little, we get much. And when we come and we say, Lord, I can't do it, but your spirit is truly willing and ready always That's a fact that we can rely on. And it's time for us to start realizing that the readiness that we're talking about is not like we're waiting for the bell to ring and the trumpet blows. And then, okay, we're ready. Because so many people write to me and they say things to me like, um, I feel so bad. I feel like I never can be ready. I'm always blowing it. It's not about, again, I just feel to repeat myself over and over again. There's stop doing that to yourself. That's what make that's what is making you not ready. You're you're too interfocused. You're looking at yourself. You're looking inward. But the Holy Spirit wants you to look up, upwards and away from yourself and to Jesus Christ because he has ordained life for you. And yes, life is hard here. There is a lot of things we do. We get our feet tangled in the wilderness. We come against the enemy. We come against a lot of things. But we're going the same route, the same road that leads home. And it is a rocky path. It is a narrow path. But I tell you, there's no other way you want to go. And if you are truly serving Jesus Christ, then you're a person who's always willing, who's always ready, truly willing, truly ready, because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and everything. So whether he comes at morning or at mid uh, midday or in the afternoon or at night, you're ready. No one has to tell you to get ready. Because the Holy Spirit in you, in the word, you're learning. He's prompting you. Like the whole, like I'm reading in the book of Acts. In all these different places, Paul being pressed in the spirit. Paul being stirred in the spirit. The Holy Spirit said to Paul, you know, such and such. You can, you know, there's all these things. The Holy Spirit is more alive in you. Let him live in you. Come with your weakness. Lay it down. You know, when we hear that, it's so commercialized. Come unto me. You know, it's on posters. It's on commercialized Christian artwork, um, postcards, whatever. Come unto me, you know, uh, uh, Matthew 28, verse 11. Uh, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? That's what it says. But when you really think about it, what does that really mean? That doesn't. I don't think it means really a lot what we think. We're, you know, we come, we're tired. We're like, Lord, I can't take it. I'm tired. Let me lay down in your green grass. Make me to lie down in your green pastures and so on. But when you turn things over to him, he'll handle it for you. 
what is too heavy for you. Stop trying to handle it. The spirit is truly ready right now. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. It says now, brethren, now are we the sons of God. Right? That's what it says. And this life that we live in the body, it says that we live by the faith in the son of God. And our faith is in what the Lord it wants to do in our life. It's not, I think of every minute of my life, every moment I keep, and I think that there is a, there is a blessing in getting older because you do start to see the brighter and brighter as we get closer to the perfect day. The light of eternity begins to shine a whole lot brighter on those that are a little bit older. And I think my friend Sis would know that very well. She's in her 80s. She's an amazing Christian. So would Fred Tomlinson. He knows. He's a lot closer to the, to the heavenly city than I am, unless the rapture happens. Now, let me encourage you today. When you lay your burdens down at Jesus' feet, and he gives you rest. It's not the kind of rest that we think. Yes, he'll give you rest. You'll feel lighter. Haven't you ever like bawled your head off crying and all of a sudden you feel lighter like something's lifted off of you? See, that's because it was too heavy for you. It was too heavy for you, but not for Christ. So, yes, we're entering in to the mist of darkness. We are entering in to some very, very terrifying times. But we have the risen Lord. For when we're weak, and I know I'm weak, then I'm going to be very happy to know that I can lean on his arm, the everlasting arm of strength. And you can lean on his arm too. So stop trying so hard. Like Fred Tomlinson says, stop trying to be a Christian. There is the life of the Holy Spirit in us that's moving in you. That's why Jesus says, cast all your care upon me. Cast all your care upon him for he careth for you. That's what it says. And that means that he'll take care of everything. And I'll tell you this. You know, every time I've ever found myself heavy, and wearing out, I think I really always, and I do it even to this age, you know, I'll be 59 this year. Even still, I say to myself, what are you doing, Joni? Why are you carrying that? It's not yours. It's not yours to carry. It's his. It's his. So when you watch and you pray that you do not enter into temptation, maybe it might be the temptation that everything is on you, but it's not. You were purchased with a price. Your soul and your body are not your own. And and rely on the trustworthiness of the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The spirit truly is ready. The spirit indeed is willing right now. Do you believe it? If you believe it, then he's ready and he is willing 
to take care of everything that's going on in your life right now and what's coming in the future. He didn't tell us to come to him. He didn't give us a little ticket that he calls like at the butcher. He's ready right now. Have a beautiful day. Go with the Lord. God bless you. Till next time.